Hello, my friends. You're listening to the Money Girl Podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert, content creator, and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. I am so glad to have you with me today. We are going to be talking about saving and more specifically, common excuses why you may not be saving. So this show is for you if you haven't gotten started or maybe you got started, but you're woefully behind, or even if you are saving and you're in great shape financially, but you want some inspiration to save more to reach your goals or maybe even to reach them faster. We're all at different stages in our financial lives. Maybe you're a new graduate just starting your career. Perhaps you are getting back on your feet financially after experiencing a hardship or maybe a divorce. But no matter your situation, everyone should be saving. If you're not, you know who you are, and I'm sure you have your reasons. I'm going to review three common excuses that can keep you poor and how to overcome them. And I'll mention my own excuses that I used when I was starting out. This show will give you some solid solutions and, I hope, motivation to get started saving or to save more no matter how much or little money you have. As always, you'll find the notes for this and every show with links to the free resources that I mention and the full archive of podcasts over in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 554, Three Excuses Keeping You From Saving and How to Kill Them. In addition to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and many other places to listen to Money Girl, the show is now available on Google Podcasts. So if you're an Android user, definitely check it out and subscribe there. And wherever you listen, please, please, please do me a tiny favor. Take a minute or two of your time to rate and review the show. I want to thank a couple of people who recently did that on iTunes. Mimim says, This podcast has truly helped me examine how I can create the life I want with the income I have. Short episodes that are packed with solid advice. I love that Laura is very knowledgeable and explains everything clearly. It's kind of like sitting down to talk with a financial mentor, and I can't thank her enough. And M. Mahari, I think, says, I can't get enough of these episodes. Inspired and encouraged by the informed, accessible, and eye-opening advice should be required listening for high schoolers, college students, and young professionals on their financial journeys. I wish I had all this info when I was starting out. Grateful for it now. Thank you so much for those reviews. Those are amazing. They really make my day, my week, my month, my year. I love getting your feedback. It is truly something that inspires me to keep going. And I've been podcasting for over 10 years now. And one of the reasons I still do it is because of this kind of positive feedback that I get. Now, if you have a negative comment, that's okay too, but I'm definitely not going to take it into consideration as much as I will the positive reviews, right? So I definitely want your feedback, good or bad, but definitely put your five-star reviews and ratings on iTunes. I read every one of them and would love to hear them and feature you as well on the show. All right, let's get to it. Even though most Americans know that they should be saving a significant portion of their income for the future, report after report after report shows that they're not. According to a recent survey from Bankrate.com, they found that 19% of respondents said they save nothing for retirement. 
and 21 indicated saving 5% or less of what they earn. Now, this is a problem because the average worker needs to save a minimum of 10 to 15% over multiple decades in order to accumulate enough money to retire comfortably. However, only 16% of the bank rate survey respondents said that they're saving that much. Now, when I talk to people about their financial goals, having enough money to retire at a desired age and lifestyle is by far their number one aspiration. It's definitely my number one aspiration as well. They don't want to be forced to work into old age, and they definitely don't want to live on much less than they do now. Many people dream about having the financial freedom in retirement to live where they want, travel where they want, or maybe volunteer full-time in their community. Having more financial security increases your retirement options, and it gives you so much peace of mind. That's why this topic is so important. So I want to review some common reasons why you may not be saving and how to overcome those excuses. So the very first one and probably the most common one is you plan to start saving when you earn more money. I really understand this one because it used to be my reason for not saving when I first started working. You might think that because you're young, you've got an entry-level job or you're just starting a business that you deserve a pass on saving. Well, no matter if it's a fact or just a hope that you're going to earn more down the road, It is not a valid reason to put off saving. Problem is, trying to catch up later usually doesn't work. And the reason is because the later you start saving, the more you have to save to reach your goals. Likewise, starting early allows you to save less and still end up with a bigger balance. It's just a mathematical fact that you need both time and a pretty good investment return in order to build wealth. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're 27 years old and you want to quit working at age 67 in 40 years. That would be when you're eligible for full Social Security retirement benefits, so that seems like a good time. Let's say you save about $400 a month or $5,000 per year, and you earn a 7% return on average your retirement account would be worth $1.1 million. Over those 40 years, you would have contributed a total of $200,000. So that's 40 years of saving times $5,000 out of pocket every year. But let's say you're feeling a little lazy or you're saying, gosh, I just don't earn enough to save. If you wait until age 37, 10 years down the road, to start saving, and you save the same amount, $5,000 a year, you get that same 7% return, your account would be worth less than half or $500,000 when you're 67. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what should. So to have a seven-figure retirement, you would have to invest $900 a month or almost $11,000 per year from age 37 to 67, just to make up for those 10 years that you lost from age 27 to 37 that you procrastinated. Delaying your savings by 10 years means that you have to contribute $325,000 out of pocket in total. That's $125,000 more than if you had started investing a decade earlier. In other words, procrastination is expensive. 
Saving early, even small amounts, is so incredibly powerful because your balance mushrooms over time. It's like the riddle you've probably heard about whether it's better to accept an offer of a million dollars or to take a penny that doubles in value every day for 30 days. What do you think? Well, surprisingly, the pennies are the smart choice because they add up to more than $5.3 million by the 30th day. And it's hard to wrap your brain around that until you actually see the math. And in the show notes, I'm going to have this listed out, how the penny doubles in value from day one to day 30. So on day 15, you've got $163.84, okay, halfway through the month. But by the time you're at day 25, you're at 167,772. And then by day 30, you're at $5.3 million. So pretty hard to believe. And, And that's what happens as well with our investments. Putting time on your side can explode your wealth due to the power of compounding interest. Compounding interest is what allows your investment balance to grow exponentially, kind of like this penny example that I'm giving you, as you earn interest on the interest that you already earned. That's how it works. So you're earning interest on the interest, and it just blows up toward the end of the investment period. This is the secret to creating a massive retirement nest egg. You've got to have a long time horizon. So if you're struggling to save, You simply have to find ways to earn more, to spend less, or ultimately do both. Review your expenses objectively and cut every unnecessary cost that you can. Sometimes reducing your largest expenses, such as housing and transportation, is the key to freeing up more money. I recently did a show on how to stop living paycheck to paycheck. If you're struggling, that may be a show that you want to go back and listen to again. Even if you can't save as much as you'd like, I want you to get in the habit of saving something, even if it's just 1% of your gross income. So let's say you earn $30,000. If you saved 1%, that comes to $300 a year or $25 a month. There is no shame in starting small, nor is there a requirement to invest consistently in a retirement account, although that's what I recommend. You're eligible to participate in a retirement account even if you make teeny tiny deposits or even if you choose to temporarily stop making them. Creating the habit of saving is way more important than the amount you save. And I say that because once you start and you see your account balance grow, kind of like these pennies, you'll get excited about building wealth and you'll have the confidence to maintain momentum. So right now, with me, make a commitment, make a goal to just get started, and then you can increase your savings rate over time. Sometimes just getting started opening the account and putting in a few bucks to get started, sometimes that's the hardest part. And if you can make it automatic, well, then it's just going to take care of itself and sort of run in the background for you. I want you to stop using excuses like, I don't make enough money, my expenses are too high, or I'll start saving later on. If you wait for a someday raise, bonus, or windfall, you are burning precious time, my friend which is very hazardous to your financial future.
All right, the second excuse for not saving that I hear pretty often is you don't have a retirement savings plan at work. Well, having a retirement plan at work, like a traditional or a Roth 401k, is terrific, especially if your employer offers free matching funds to incentivize participation. Let me give you an example. Let's say you earn $40,000 a year and you save 10%. That would equal $4,000 a year. If you invested that amount consistently for 40 years and earned 7% on average, you'd have a nest egg worth $875,000. If your company matches contributions and a typical match is something like 3% of your salary, it would add $1,200 a year to your 401k. Now, you'd be saving a total of $5,200 a year. That's $4,000 of your own money plus $1,200 from the employer. Investing that amount would give you more than $1.1 million in 40 years. So that's an extra quarter of a million to spend in retirement thanks to those free matching funds. Now, even if your employer doesn't match contributions, I'm still a big fan of using a workplace retirement account because they come with multiple benefits. These plans automate investing by deducting contributions directly from your paycheck. They give you federal legal protections. They have high annual contribution limits, and they don't have any income limits, even for a Roth at work. But if you don't have a retirement plan at work, don't despair. And for goodness sake, do not use it as an excuse not to save. You can have an individual retirement arrangement, or IRA, no matter where you work. If you work for yourself, there are a variety of retirement accounts for the self-employed, like a solo 401k, a SEP IRA, or a simple IRA. These were designed just for the self-employed. Now, I recently received a question from Grace, who is a citizen of another country, but has a visa for school and work over in the San Francisco Bay Area. She mentioned that she'll likely return to her home country in a few years, and she's wondering the best place to invest. In some cases, you can open a retirement account in the United States when you're here on a visa. However, I don't recommend it if you're not certain that you're going to stay here. Moving the funds internationally can be expensive and actually a little complicated, depending on where you're from. So for foreign nationals, I would recommend investing through a regular taxable brokerage account instead of a retirement account like a 401k or an IRA. Or you could use an investing account in your home country, which could be simpler. But for U.S. citizens, if you have a retirement account at work, that should be your go-to account. But if you don't have one, I want you to find out which types of retirement accounts you're eligible for. And as I mentioned, anybody can have an IRA as long as you have some amount of income. IRAs are even available for non-working spouses. And if you are self-employed, there are multiple accounts. You just need to figure out which one is right for you. Pick one or more than one and contribute as much as you can and slowly increase your savings rate until you max those accounts out. 
And if you want to learn more about the pros and cons of different types of retirement accounts and some of the best places to open them, I created a handy one-page reference tool that I call the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. You can get this free download by visiting the freebie section on my site at lauradadams.com or by sending me a text message. Just text the word RETIRE, R-E-T-I-R-E, to the number 33444. Again, text RETIRE to the number 33444, and you'll get this resource right away. Moving on to our third excuse that I hear quite frequently, number three is you're afraid of losing money. If you aren't saving because you're scared of investment risk, it's time to take a step back and look at the big picture. Yes, investing means that you could possibly lose money. However, you can easily cut risk by choosing the right types of investments. And I'll tell you more about what I recommend in just a moment. If your goal is to have a nest egg that allows you to stop working and maintain your lifestyle in retirement, keeping money in a safe place like a savings account or a low-yield CD simply will not get you there. For example, if you save $5,000 a year for 40 years in a bank account with an average return of 1%, you're going to accumulate less than $250,000. But if you invest the same amount over four decades at a 7% return in an investment, you'll have more than $1 million to spend in retirement. That could certainly make the difference between scraping by or being comfortable down the road. Therefore, what I want you to do is take calculated investment risk. This is a truly important part of your financial life. Without it, your money will not grow fast enough to achieve your long-term goals. Now, your investment options are going to vary from company to company, but the best investment strategy is very simple. It's called diversification. It allows you to earn higher average returns while reducing your risk at the same time because you own hundreds or thousands of investments And it's not likely that all of them could drop in value at the same time. If the price of one stock in a fund takes a dive, it's really no big deal because you own many others that may be holding steady or going up. In contrast, if you put your life savings into one technology stock, let's say, and it tanks, that's the opposite of diversification. If you do that, you're in trouble. But if that stock only makes up a fraction of your portfolio, the loss is negligible. So having a mix of investments that respond to market conditions in different ways is the key to smoothing out risk. And you may be thinking, well, that sounds great, Laura, but how do I buy hundreds or thousands of investments? Well, they're already packaged for you into investment funds. So the best choices are mutual funds, index funds, and exchange-traded funds because they own hundreds or thousands of underlying investments. That gives you instant baked-in diversification. Now, if you have more than 10 years to go before retirement, choosing funds made up primarily of stocks or they may be labeled as growth funds, that's going to be the best way to get an optimal return on your investment. And many retirement accounts offer what are called target date funds. These invest based on the year when you plan to retire. For example, if you want to retire in the year 2040, the name of the fund would be something like Target Date 2040 Index Fund. Target date funds are diversified and they're very convenient because they automatically rebalance 
on a periodic basis to achieve growth in the early years, but then they become a little more conservative as you approach retirement. The saying, time is money, and the early bird gets the worm, are absolute truths when it comes to building wealth. Investors who start late usually have to make huge financial sacrifices to accumulate enough money to reach their goals, or they're forced to work much longer than they really want to. If you haven't started saving, please do not beat yourself up about it. The key factors you can control are opening a retirement account and starting small. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, figure out how to ruthlessly cut your spending so you can come up with more money to save. Consider increasing your income with a second job or side gig. Whether you avoid risk intentionally or have simply been procrastinating saving, the result could be devastating to your financial future. The reality is that not taking enough investment risk might actually be the riskiest move of all. So just to review, the three excuses that you cannot use going forward are you plan to start saving when you earn more money, two, you don't have a retirement savings plan at work, and three, you're afraid of losing money. Thanks again to Grace for sending in her question. If you have a show topic, suggestion, or a question of your own, you can reach out using my contact page at lauradadams.com. Some other ways to connect with me are joining my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To do that, just text the word dollars to the number 33444. And I would love for you to subscribe to my weekly email. Each week, I send out a free, short email filled with tips, tools, and recommendations that I think you might enjoy. To get that, text get updates with no space to the number 33444. And if you'd like to go deeper into your personal finance education, I want you to consider enrolling in one of my super affordable online courses. You get lifetime access to the content and you get to learn at your own pace. If you're stressed about debt or know that debt is what's keeping you from saving, I recommend that you check out my best-selling class called Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan to stay debt-free forever. And if building credit is something that's been a challenge for you or you're ready to go from okay credit to excellent, my newest class, Build Better Credit, the ultimate credit score repair guide, is what you need. You simply won't get different results with your money if you don't take different actions. So take control of your debt, take control of your credit, or both. To learn more, just text debt course with no space or credit course to the number 33444, and I'll send you an email with a huge discount for you, my Money Girl listeners. I hope to see you in class. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. 